Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. Mayhem. And madness. And madness, yeah. My name is Nick. A Shrine to Madness. A Shrine to Madness. I like that. That should just be an episode title. Yeah, my name is Zach. Yeah, it's Zach. Hey. And this is, of course, Weird and Feared, a, well, barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. So, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a thing. Yeah, and like we've said in past episodes, I have no idea what you're about to tell me. No, you have no idea. And in episodes where you tell me a tale, I don't know where you're going either. Right. So let's do it. So you and the listeners gonna walk down this path with me. Mm-hmm. Something I came across that well <sighs> made you feel some feels. A little bit. Made me feel some feels. But first off. I'm going to start with a question. Uh-huh. Kind of like doing that. Sure. Just to kind of, you know, we're going to start somewhere, so. I didn't do it. When you, <laughs> no, you didn't. Okay. When you think of hell, what do you picture? Hell. Picture, what do you, What comes to your mind? Just hell. Play I mean, word association game. Okay. Uh, fire. Okay. Devil. Sick. Heavy metal. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. ACDC, because, you know, they're not very good. They can probably burn in hell. I mean, we can put up. I went there. Zach's hot hot take. Zach's, ooh, hot hell take. Oh, yeah. They like, I mean, they're on the highway to hell. Zach's, I mean, that's why, how can you hate ACDC with the highway to hell? I don't know. They're just boring. I mean, well, I mean, when you sign up for an ACDC song, you are jacked in to listen to a variation of a similar song. Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's what you're into. I mean, that's fine. I'm I'm saying, I'm just, as someone who has just put it on, I'm like, here we go. Yeah. Here it's time now. All right, I got an old iPod in my car. Okay. It's got a bunch of my music on it. Mm-hmm. It only works in my car. No other chargers make it work. It makes no sense. I think it just wanted to be, wanted to pretend it was a radio. <laughs> and it's like, I'm here now. I'm part of your car. Why? That's yeah. what I'm doing. And then whenever I press play and it kicks on, it always jumps to the first song. And the first song is always, of course, ACDC song. So you're in hell. Uh, kind of. It's like a purgatory. Yeah. You're not quite in hell. You're what, in purgatory. What song, right. what song is it? Ah, it doesn't matter. But the point is, all those things are good images of hell. Demons, fire, death, torture. Mm-hmm. And when you think of hell, do you think of the southwestern counties of Madison and St. Clair counties? Of course. Just east of St. Louis? Oh, no, I was thinking more... Uh, what? I don't know. Wisconsin? Ah, uh, yeah, we're in, uh, we're in Illinois. Southwestern Illinois. Hmm. I mean, those might not be the counties that come to your mind at first. Nope. Because I'm sure no counties. The only counties that come to your mind when you think hell should be like, you know, eternal and damnation. Is so, that a county? I'm just making... I'm just in hell. I assume it's organized like earth and there's counties yeah eternal and damnation. damnation 
and here's Cook County still. That's Cook County's right there. It's it's hovering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you gotta get get cooked. Get cooked, County. Get cooked, County. (laughs) Yeah, got him. All right, bam. Well, you didn't think about him. I didn't think about him. Nope. When you think of hell, there's no association there. But I'm about to tell you why maybe we should. Because now, again, that's those are things that come to your mind when you think of hell. But when you picture someone going to hell, what does that look like to you? Let's go for it. I don't know. Like, how quickly is it happening? Because it's if it's like, boom, they're erupting in flames. Okay. I mean, otherwise you get the slow burn. Yeah. And nobody wants to see that. Nobody that's does. Bad. So when you're picturing somebody go to hell, I mean, those are good images, imagery to have. But again, what what does it take to get there? Well, the highway. Maybe. 1810, just east of the Mississippi. German-American and Lutheran John Cook immigrated to a world where he was very much a foreigner, having traveled all the way from Shepherdsville, Virginia. And of course, before that, I assume Germany. When, I mean, probably. I mean, probably. Seems like a logical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had to cross a very dangerous ocean to get over here. It's gonna let that. He made it over here, so he didn't. Oh, yeah. Nothing he didn't encounter uh, there was no, certain uh, things. No tentacles are coming after him. None of that. Uh, when he constructed his log cabin again uh, in Illinois, it was the very first in the area. He was alone, a man on a mission, trying to better his life in the most American way possible. In 1817, the Collins brothers arrived, buying his land. I'm assuming he sold it to them. They didn't. He didn't. They didn't steal it. Yeah. Like many immigrants traveling to new lands, they served as the foundation of a string of family immigrations, as they were soon joined by their sisters and parents. They got. They got situated, and came the family. Mm-hmm. They set out to leave their mark on the area and worked diligently to establish institutions every town needed at the time. A sawmill blacksmith shop carpenter things mm-hmm. i didn't look this up i meant to an ox grist mill do you know what that is a uh, grist is when you uh break uh grains open beautiful thank you yeah. wagon shops again the essentials this drew more people to the area and in 1822 the city that was founded was called unionville kind of like that name mm-hmm. well This name only lasted for three years, because unlike today, you couldn't do a domain search to see if a town with the same name as yours already existed. Hmm. So when it was discovered that a post office already existed for a town called Unionville in Illinois, the town's inhabitants decided on a new name in 1825, Collinsville. Incorporated in 1850, Judge Dee Dee Collins was its first president. Dee Dee Collins? Dee Dee Collins was his name. All right. That's a cool name. That's a cool name. Seems out of the time period. But, uh, you know. I mean, if he was like a rich, rich guy, like the two, the double initials for a rich guy is, you know, I mean, we can just point to J.B. Pritzker, but that goes way back. Uh, how many yeah. Ro- how many Rockefellers had just initials in their names? I, I was and, thinking more like Dee Dee Ramon. Oh, well, I mean, that's never, well, that's way cooler. <laughs> that's in a completely different direction. Yeah. <laughs> Very different. Rock and roller. Yeah. Uh, no, this town was not founded by any member of the Ramones, unfortunately. Hmm. They had yet to come to this place in Illinois. 
But this place essentially became a beacon for Collinses because Dee Dee was not even related to the other Collinses in the area. Just another Collins guy. Just no relation. Random Collins guy. Yeah, random Collins guy who became huh. his first president. Now, we've discussed this before, but by living in Illinois, it's kind of an obvious thing. We know. Illinois is a state rich in coal. Uh-huh. In 18, or at least it was. It's still down there, but... In 1857, Collinsville's first coal company was opened. Another followed in 1862. A zinc works and another mining company was established in 1871. As you can imagine, this grew the town tremendously. Companies kept coming. Miners flooded the area. Again, the American dream was slamming the area in full force. During the later part of the 19th century, the wave of immigrants were primarily of Italian descent. But coal was big money, and with the invention of the railroad, demand soared and people striving for a better way of life settled here, from all walks of life. In order to ease the congestion of trains traveling through Collinsville, several elevated railroad trestles were built. They were raised bridges, allowing pedestrians and wagons to travel underneath. This created a series of gates throughout the town. In time, these trestles would be dubbed the Seven Gates of Hell. Interesting. I will continue. The urban legend has approximately 40 years of stank on it. (laughs) Uh Which coincides with the decline of mining in the area. Death breeds rumors. And Collinsville, as it was dying, breed. Bread? Bread. Uh This story. People talk. Yeah, they do. They say that if you drive through each gate in a specific order, passing through the final seventh gate at exactly midnight, a portal to hell will open, unleashing a horde of hellhounds who will drag you to hell. Interesting. In Chad Lewis and Terry Fisk's book, Illinois Road Guide to Haunted Locations, quote, often these dogs are said to be dark black in color with glowing red eyes. Oh, glowing red or green eyes many witnesses report that the grotesque creatures are nearly transparent and oftentimes vanish into thin air that can't be good no in weird illinois we've mentioned this book before it's a good book on the weird u.s series mark moran and mark uh i hope i pronounced your name right mark state that the bridges were once used for kkk lynchings I don't like that. Uh, no one does. No one, mm-hmm. well, no one should. No one should. This source may be from a now defunct website, which, as we both know, is real promising for yeah. establishing facts. We run into a lot of those, though. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unavoidable. Right. Sites that link to sites that don't exist. Like, well. Yeah. Well, Makes it, our job hard because right. we do like to be factual. Right. So then we just get to or come back. Or as factual as we can be. Right. Well, we just get to come back and say, well, this is a story I read on the internet. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, good job. Cool, everybody. Yeah. Well, but but that is the story as it stands. There is a history of lynching in the area, however. But there is also a decrepit house along Lebanon Road, the road near the gates that has been dubbed the Death House. Yeah, subtle. Very subtle. To spice up the area even further, Weird Illinois mentions an acid bridge. Oh. I mean, right. How do you cross that? Well, I mean, it's not made of acid. You're envisioning something way cooler than what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you are right. I was. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> uh-huh. It's just melting everything in sight. 
a bird lands on it. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a bridge. It's made of acid. It's made of, yeah, don't watch, watch this bird. Whoop. There it goes. Uh, this bridge again is also along Lebanon Road. One legend states that a group of teenagers were raging on LSD and totaled their car, killing everyone involved. Oh, uh, I see now. Mm-hmm, right. This scenario reenacts itself. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. The ghosts are sucking a loop. Not that the curse transcends to the living, forcing them to crash their car into the creek below. So, like, no one's being possessed or enacting it, but it's yeah. like a phantom no, haunting. Yeah, okay. Some reports say the tripping teens were trying to pass through all the gates to complete the ritual. Another legend states that as a group of kids were partying on the bridge, one pulled out a gun and started shooting all over, causing the bullets to bounce around. Well, how do you party? I don't know, man, but one ricocheted off the bridge and into one of the kids' heads. Oh, ow. Mm. Bad times. And not, yeah, bad, negative. Big negative on the uh, pulling out a gun and just starting to shoot everywhere. Yeah. Big negative. Yeah. Huge negative. Strong negative. Bad move. Just saying. Mm-hmm. One blogger claimed to have visited the bridge and saw the bullet holes. Truth? Urban legend? Hmm. Both? Perhaps. So, my good friend Zach, mm-hmm. do you want to take a metaphorical trip through these seven gates? Oh, yeah. Okay, gate one, boring. Not much going on. It's just a train bridge with some graffiti. Yeah, lame. No big thing. But everything has to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Gate two. The legend surrounding this gate is that a young black child was chased by the KKK through the woodlands surrounding the gates. These guys suck. Uh, big negative on the KKK. Mm-hmm. Total assholes. And the entirety of Lebanon Road is secluded, shrouded with forests, which on any particular night would put anyone... Oh, it gets pretty woody down there. At Get, unease. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so imagine the the spookiness generated by just the... Yeah, just the, the ambience of the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alternatively or additionally... It's another story, by the way. Mm-hmm. A friend hung one of his friends from the gate. So he, they, they he were hanging him. out? He, no, he put a rope around his neck and tossed him over. That's not what friends do. No. And evidently this was over a girl. Oh. And then as soon as he tossed his friend over the bridge, you know, murdering him, mm-hmm. he immediately felt a surge of guilt and remorse, and he hung himself alongside his hanging friend. So there's, wow. a, there's a duel... Hanging going on there. Murder-suicide. Murder-suicide. Yeah. Now, stroll through the gate at midnight. Like, just this one gate, if you show up around midnight, Mm -hmm. you might see a phantom body hanging from the trestle. Okay. Again, Collinsville has a history with lynching. Okay. Gates three and four. Here we have what are dubbed the twin gates. The stories of these gates is that they are the focal point for animal sacrifices and satanic rituals. The gates are twins because of how close they are to one another. A writer at... Sorry, I just had to pronounce this because the website, there's no spaces, so I had to figure out which way the words went because mm-hmm. it's warmsodamag.com. You don't know how I was going to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was gonna be warm sada mag I'm like no <laughs> that's not stop pause yeah all right well we gotta figure it out warm soda mag don't it's websites man i don't know what to you know yeah it's a url it's weird all right quote the last time i was in the area i found some different animal remains satanic images painted on the walls and even a makeshift ouija board to contact the dead when we get off air, I'll show you pictures of the graffiti of, of all these gates. Okay. I mean, they look fucked up. People clearly know what they're for, and they've been harassing them. Yeah. He also goes on to say that you can stand in the gate and hear fast-moving cars headed toward you like a whoosh. Mm-hmm. But none ever come. The area is also eerily quiet. Gate 5, pretty narrow, even by the standards of these old bridges. Two cars could not fit through them at once. That's gate five. That's it. Okay. Gate six. We're getting closer. Sometimes this bridge is confused with acid bridge. Their legends kind of overlap. Cars, kids, drugs, explosions, apparitions reenacting their deaths. Reports of people approaching the area to see the trapped souls participate in their ever-looping stage play of their very demise. So they... They see the... Again, a phantom like a loop. So it's happening on two bridges or people are just thinking they see it? People are kind of seeing it a here, hazy. but some because you see apparitions or like a car went off the road here. I guess um, Acid Bridge's story because it's very similar. They get confused on the oh, internet. so okay, similar gotcha. but different. Yeah. But so sometimes Acid Bridge stuff will get attributed to Gate Six. It's like well, gotcha, it's yeah, a whole thing. Well, Gate Seven, the final shebang. Much like the first gate, there are no actual stories surrounding it. No reports of anyone going to hell have taken place. But like, I mean, if... Because it ahead. works. Right. And that's exactly what... that's. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm getting to. Yeah. And if I was to play devil's advocate... Ooh. Hmm. That's point. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, well... You know, what evidence would even be left behind, like you said? If it works, you're gone. The hounds come up. They, I imagine them like jumping out and just sinking their claws into they the... Drag you to hell. And just like... And it's like... Whoa! Yeah. And then... There you go. You're in hell. I mean, what would be left behind? Nothing. A fiery crevice opens yeah. up and they just drag you down. <sighs> See ya. <sighs> Gone. Gotta go listen to ACDC now. Taken to hell. That's what the demons play. They've been, you play Highway to Hell, then once you get there, the devil walks out and he's like, bam, bitch, you've been thunderstruck. Like, oh, jeez. <laughs> What's yeah. up, Satan? What's up? I've had a rough life. I was in heaven. Now I'm not. Now I'm just fucking here to party. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And you just listen to AC. Yes. I listen to ACDC. Mm-hmm. There, I was their muse. You were what? Just they, not... they don't call Australia the land down under for anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, now, like I said, there have been no eyewitness accounts of someone being dragged to hell after venturing through all gates, traversing through the final gate at exactly midnight. But what if I told you that in Collinsville, there is more than one way to go to hell? Hmm. How many ways? Well, more than one. <laughs> okay. What? I'm in. <laughs> Let's go. Okay, well. Ah. <sighs> Robert Paul Prager was born on February 28, 1888 in Dresden, Germany. When he was 17, he had an idea. An idea many have had before him and many would continue to have after, despite all obstacles being placed in their way. 
1905, he crossed the Atlantic again, making that risky journey over that ocean. Yeah. We know it's down there. Yeah. Talked about it last week. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. Yeah. The ocean's a dangerous place. Scary. Very scary. And arrived in the United States of America. He eventually headed to Indiana, as many German immigrants would head west through what is now considered the Rust Belt. He found work as a baker. At some point, he had done a naughty thing and was arrested for theft, so that was the naughty thing. Oh, that's naughty. It was. But would avoid prison time by spending a year in an Indiana reformatory. Unlike a prison, these places focused on education and genuinely reforming troubled children and young adults. It's like they actually wanted to help them get out of their naughty ways. I mean... Reformatories were abandoned as the 20th century dragged on as punishment took priority in the criminal justice system over helping people rebound from their mistakes. But fortunately for Prager, an effort to genuinely help him had occurred. He was shown mercy and he was better for it. This was Prager's only recorded brush with the law and he was grateful for the mercy shown to him by his new country. He was proud to be living in America, and when World War I broke out, and by the time America eventually declared war on Germany on April 6, 1917, Prager had already taken out his citizenship papers. So, like, he had it over, but it wasn't quite a citizen yet. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to get this shit done. Take some time. It does. He did so after President Woodrow Wilson gave a speech on April 2nd. Cool dur- Woody. Dur- during which Wilson said, quote, We have no quarrel with the German people. We have no feeling towards them but one of sympathy and friendship. It was not upon their impulse that their government acted in entering this war. It was not with their previous knowledge or approval. End quote. But he kept going. He would continue. It's a long speech. I just took sections. It's a very long speech. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, it's very I mean, it's, it's the beginning of World War One. It's, so. it's very long. Let's not go through the whole thing. We're not. Quote, their source lay not in any hostile feeling or purpose of the German people towards us who were no doubt as ignorant of them as ourselves were, speaking about Imperial Germany's rush to get into the war, to Mm -hmm. start its war stuff, but only in the selfish designs of a government that did what it pleased and told its people nothing. End quote. Moving on from Woody. Mm -hmm. At this point in his life, Prager was living in St. Louis, Missouri, just across the river from Collinsville. Prager registered for the draft and attempted to join the U.S. Navy. It was common knowledge that immigrants who had yet to become citizens would be granted citizenship if they participated in the armed forces. Still a thing we do. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, if you're willing to do it, I mean, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Right? You're like, I'm here. All right, well, welcome aboard. Prager let the stars and stripes be displayed triumphantly in his apartment window. Now, one story says his landlord objected Think about that for a second. Yeah, where? Why? His landlord objected. And feeling his rights shuddered and his patriotism stunted, Prager reported him to the police. Huh. Well, and then I came across, and I don't know what happened after that, but I came across another story. So he didn't just tell the guy to get fucked. He was like, yeah. Yeah, Prager's like, okay, you want, who, not an American in his German accent? You don't, you don't, what, who's the American here? the stars and stripes baby yeah what's your problem yeah here it is then but i didn't find out like what happened after the he reported the bigger to the police but i came across another variation and it's probably it's probably tied into that same story whether it was a landlord or whatever because uh, another story 
It's similar. You'll know why when I say it. Okay. Um, a fellow baker objected to Prager's display of the flag. Again, I don't know who these people are. Yeah, why? I, mm. I don't know. But in this situation, of course, Prager reported him to police, and the baker was arrested and jailed for 32 days. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, whoops. Whoa. Whoa. Uh. Wow. I mean, can you imagine what would happen if, if this happened today? Like, if you... I don't know what would happen if someone... Somebody would be getting sued. Right. <laughs> But I, I don't even. Ima- I'm trying to imagine a world where like somebody would like put the flag up. Like, was it blocking their view? Did they just want it down? I don't. I mean, I could just chalk it up at different times, but it still kind of floors my mind. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, due to medical reasons, Prager was denied entry into the Navy or any other branch of the armed forces. What was his medical reason? Why did they deny him? Well, he was partially blind. Huh. How blind? Well, one of his eyes was made of glass. Oh. So oh, he's got that fifty percent. He's got that going on. Yeah, I mean he's only got one one he's only got one good eye and they decided to not put him out there on the ocean. Good for him, I mean, good for them, I maybe. Got, right? I don't know. But as a as a German American wanting to prove his Americanism, his American ishness, he's just like, Nope, sorry, man. And that of course, you know, can't be a citizen then. Mm-hmm. He spent a brief time jumping between towns before he settled in Collinsville in 1917. Now, putting his already earned skills as a baker to the test, the first job he got was at a local Italian bakery. Now, to help paint a picture, mm-hmm. many accounts report Prager as squat, feeble, quaint, diminutive, and oddball, or variations of the same you know, kind of trope, the same type of so character archetype. Beautiful. He was a majestic man. And also, he has a glass eye. Yeah. And, well, see, but then I, I can even show you a picture of him if you if you want to see one. But, like, if you look at, like, a hedge out of him, he's got a strong jaw, but, I mean, he's got a real, like, prominent, like, very serious mustache. As. So he's a. As they did. As they did. So he's a, he's a, he's a character. But yeah, they're you know they just kind of he's got he's kind of a quirky he's got a he's got a way he's got a way about him. Good. I mean, he was a bit of a loner. He had few friends and one attempt at love. Um, well, he had tried to lure a mail order bride, but that kind of failed. That didn't. Wait, he tried to a lure here. He tried. I mean, he tried to maybe tried to. I don't know if he tried to like make a a normal woman become his mail order bride by like paying for her to come over here, or did he just or, pay but he didn't have enough. Or or he couldn't find someone to take his money. But the point is, he was attempting to get a male or a bride, and for whatever reason, he was shot down hard. <laughs> well. So that, he's a poor guy. I mean, he's not. I mean, that's got to be a shot to your ego. I don't think he felt good about it. Yeah. Well, uh, I couldn't. Stabbed to the heart. Yeah, it couldn't be good. Yeah, shot to the heart. Not quite. I mean, not ACDC, go Bon Jovi. Got a shot yeah, to the heart there. And, you're too late. Yeah, it's, it's not working out for him. Yeah. But speaking of years, by now, he was 30 years old. Whew. I know. Fucking old man. I know, right? Who's? What is that about? I don't know. Personality-wise, his boss at the Italian bakery said he had a certain... I think this is my number one word to hate saying on the podcast. Good. Let's I've said it. it before. Peculiarity... Yeah, that wasn't that bad. In his makeup, it's better. In the past, when I try to say peculiar, it doesn't work out. I think of in those times, I've had significantly more liquor as I was trying to say those words. Could be. I, you know, 
You want some more liquor? Um, well, we might get there. We might get there. <laughs> I might need some. Stressing that he was, quote, quarrelsome with people who did not agree with his ideas on ways of doing things, quote. Upon being fired by this bakery, he set off to pursue a job in mining after being wooed by the high wages generated by the war. Again, yeah, coal was in demand, and coal was where it's at. I'm sure it was big time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so he didn't, he had the personality conflict at the bakery, mm-hmm. so they kind of canned him. He's like, all right, well, does it go work in the mines? You want me to bake what? Excuse me. Muffins? No. Mm-mm. But cupcake man. Yeah, only cupcakes. Do you know we bake all sorts of cupcakes? Nope. We bake all sorts of things here. We need you to make muffins. Not happening, buddy. Not no. happening. No. I do cupcakes, and guess what? I use all the frosting. And you want little little cherries on top? What if they don't want it? They're going to get it. Yeah. No blueberries, though. Not inside of them. No. But this frosting is going to be red, white, and fucking blue. Because <laughs> this is my country, and I'm an American. And the landlord called the cops on him. <laughs> he called the cops on his muffin. Or, or wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah, there we go. Prager called the cops on the landlord uh, for being against his muffin. Yeah, he, he hates my muffin. It's like, I just want to, like, white frosting. What, this blue, I don't know how blue and red frosting would taste back then. Did they even have it? They had to have frosting in 1917. Yeah, I mean. You think so, right? Yeah, I assume so. It they had frosting. It it was, it's not a high invention. It was a different fucking millennium. No, it didn't. <laughs> oh, well. Wait, whoa, wait, well, from, wait, when? Whoa. from when? From when? From when? From it now. wasn't too, uh, from now. It's been over a hundred years. Seventeen is two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what we talk about. But hey, <laughs> Robert took a laborer's position at the Donk Brothers Coal and Coke Company. The Dank Brothers. I mean, I don't know, man. Dank Brothers and their Coke Company. There's a lot yeah, going on you here. know what's happening there. <laughs> <laughs> Things are getting lit. Special muffins. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of muffins do you make, Robert? Don't he, worry about the yeah, dank. Don't, don't. He applied for permanent membership in the United Mine Workers of America Local 1802. But he felt the sting of rejection yet again when the group denied him the membership on April 3rd, 1918. People just don't like this guy. They just, he's rubbing them the wrong way. Yeah. A year into America's involvement in World War I, and almost a year after he failed to join the armed forces, rejected from the Navy... They really don't like this guy because, I mean, they're taking anybody at that point. Uh-huh. No, he didn't have an eye. Hmm. But they could have, I would assume they'd find something for him to do. Yeah. You know, just like to hand somebody something or, you know, I. Shuffle coal. Right. Just throw it in there. Shut out of the union. All young Robert wanted was his taste of the American dream and to represent his nation with as much enthusiasm as he could muster. The Navy. They cited those medical concerns. Mm-hmm. Smithson and I. I mean, his like I said, his vision after all, was severely impaired. But the union flat out told Robert no, and he lost his job altogether because he was just a laborer and he was trying to get part of the union. Mm-hmm. Then when they said nope, canned him. He's out. Boom. But what was he doing wrong? Well, he was unmarried, stubborn, argumentative, had a strong German accent was a known socialist, and his overall appearance was, well, they thought he looked like a spy. He was a known socialist. But, I mean, this also 
not uncommon back in 1917 to be a socialist. Yeah, but it wasn't good still. I mean, I just think it's weird that, I mean, he, the union. Yeah. The union, in this time period, the unions was was more, um, I mean, a lot of things I read was it was more conservative. They didn't tolerate, like, it's a union, but, like, we're not messing around here, mm-hmm. which is, you know, workers' party. very. But, I mean, different time. Yeah. And there's, but I think, I think they just don't fucking like this guy. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like nobody likes this guy. Yeah. He's rubbing everybody the wrong way. Yeah, but like they, they, but also again, you'd think at least somebody would give you a chance at some point, unless you're creeping everybody out. Well, would you give this guy a chance if you thought he looked like a spy? It was bullshit, and Robert knew it. While a socialist, he couldn't shut up talking about how much he loved his new home. He was quote all for the United States quote. He loved America. It was his new home. He wanted to live the American dream. He's here. Mm-hmm. Being shit on like this, well, he wasn't a fan. And he planned to let everyone know. Mm-hmm. He was pissed. Understandably so. After being denied entry into the Union, the members told him that he better leave town. That night, the Union boss escorted him to his home. One article said the Union boss did it for his own protection. For starters, that sounds like bullshit to me. That sounds like some propaganda shit from this article because I read a bunch of other ones uh-huh. that said he was paraded home and mocked along the way past many of the town saloons. Huh. So he's being paraded down the main street by all the bars and all the drunksters yelling at him, making fun of him. Because they think he's a spy. I think he's a spy. Mm-hmm. Well, he lived in Collinsville. The mine was in nearby Maryville. So he's got a, you know, it was not a quick journey. The drunks and miners laughed and taunted him as he trekked back to his home. They were sending a message. This was a warning. As previously addressed, Robert was not one to back down from a confrontation. Uh-huh. And, well, this is where things started to escalate. Okay. The next day, he wrote a letter to the local miners, which he proceeded to copy and place all over town. Hmm. I mean, he couldn't just send out a tweet. Yeah, that's true. So he's like, all right, fuckers. He's got to write fuck you and yeah. staple to every... Yeah. I guess they would have had telephone poles at that point. They would, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Bam, bam. What are you writing, Robert? Fuck off. It says fuck you. <laughs> Signed, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's just like, there's a heart with like USA. Mm-hmm. It was like Robert Hart America. Mm-hmm. I love this country. And... um. Yeah, so he was placing shit all over town because Robert knew he was unjustly uh, unjustly cast aside because of where he was born and how he talked, and he was not having any of it. This was America, and last time he checked, the First Amendment granted him freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. From his letter, quote, because we, I mean, he wrote it, so we have to know some of the things he said. I have been a union man at all times and never once a scab. I am heart and soul for the good old USA. I am of German birth. Of which accident I cannot help. End quote. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is fucking all in on America. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. It was a scathing critique. There was more, but I couldn't find the rest of Those were the notable quotes. Yeah. But I imagine he went on. I would think so. You, I mean, he doesn't seem like a guy who would just keep his mouth shut. It was a scathing critique of the union president and a strong rebuttal of his treatment. He had copies created and posted them all around town making his disdain clear for the entire situation. 
He was not a spy. He was not working at the behest of the Kaiser. Imperial Germany had nothing on him. Many of the miners were not native-born either, with many a part of the large swath of Italian immigrants that had been making their own path across the Atlantic for decades. Many of them spoke worse English than Prager, or none at all. But it was not hard to convince them that Robert was a traitor. He was a loudmouth and very ambitious. Now, Robert did a thing. Okay. Which, looking what back, do? he probably should not have done this thing. Hmm. In days prior, so before he's, you know, when he's still in the mine, thinking yep. he's got a career coming, thinking mm-hmm. he's, he's applied for the union, he's thinking like, okay, I'm going to get in here. Hoping he would be allowed into the union, he began asking around the mine about the obligations of a mine manager. Honest question, like, hey, if I'm moving up, what would I need to know? Like, right. what's, what are we doing? Like, you know, preloading his knowledge. I think I want to do this, maybe, so yeah. how do up. I... Do it. Right. Building up his XP. Yeah. Loading it up. Yeah. If we he if he were if he hmm. if he were to move up and eventually receive a higher position, what kinds of things would he have to know? In doing so, he asked some of his coworkers about and this is from a medium dot com article, which I will reference again later. It was a good article. Quote the effects of certain explosives, quote. Huh. Now, not only was he a traitor in the miners' eyes, but a traitor with a plan. They thought he was plotting to blow up the mines. Well, that can't be good for your resume. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And after seeing his handbills plastered all over towns, they called them handbills. His little handbills. I just like that term. It's out of fashion. Yeah, it's very out of fashion. (laughs) Uh, he plastered them all over both towns because the mine was in Marysville, Collinsville. They're all next to each other. Right. They assembled in a local uh, tavern, the miners did, oh. and started discussing what to do with this enemy on native soil. Now, they're in a tavern, Zach. What do they do? They drink beer. They drank beer. They drank beer. And they drank beer. Uh-huh. As they did so, their conviction grew stronger. In their eyes, they got a spy. The course was clear. Robert was a treasonous bastard in the Kaiser's pay. I like that term. They kept saying he was underneath the Kaiser's pay. Mm-hmm. I like that. And needed to be taught a lesson. A lesson in respect. A lesson in respecting America. Now, you ready? I'm ready. Dozens of men showed up on Prager's doorsteps at around 9.45 p.m. Their goal was to banish him. This group told Prager to come out and kiss the flag as proof of his patriotism. Seems like something he probably would have done. Right? Maybe. I mean, he does love this country. That's the one thing we know for saying. sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not sure if he was dragged out or, as a man who never backed down from a challenge, walked out on his own under his own power, uh-huh. whatever the reason, eventually he ended up outside of his home with dozens of angry, wasted men staring him down. Did he kiss the flag? I would say so. He did. Yeah. Now, then the group covered him in the American flag, made him take off his shoes and forced him to walk all the way down Main Street, past many of the bars and saloons filled with other intoxicated men. 
So what do you think several of these men did as they saw this kind of spectacle? Probably threw stuff at him. Stroll right on by. Oh, I'm sure they they did. I don't know. They jeered him for sure. What had started as dozens of men was now 300. Oh, jeez. So they joined up. Ah, They joined up. Yeah. They joined this quote-unquote party. That's my quote. Parentheses. You can't yeah. do air quotes on a podcast. No. It doesn't work. No, so. you can. Yeah. yeah. At 10 p.m., a police officer grabbed Prager and hurried him away. At 10 p.m., it had only been 15 minutes and 300 men had assembled around Robert. The officer, using his motorcycle, whizzed Prager to city jail. This jail would be Prager's fortress. Get him some safety. Yeah. Because the writing's on the wall. This is not going well. Mm-hmm. But now the city had a different problem. Hordes of drunk men now roamed the streets. They had been on a mission, but now that mission was over. Time to return to the bars, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you do? And start pounding more liquor. I mean, nothing bad could ever come from this. No. Well, what if I told you nothing bad did come from that? Huh. I'd be surprised. Because something even worse was about to transpire. Huh. It was rowdy. And the mayor wanted to, you know, ratchet down the rowdiness. Mm-hmm. So he decided to close all the taverns early. Oh, that can't be good. To do this, the mayor sent a police officer... That poor man. To each bar. Oh, that poor man. Was it the same one that had to go to each bar? Yeah. He said oh, him. God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Imagine, just imagine everything I've said to you to this point. Yeah. And now those men have nothing to do. They've went back to the bars. And also keep in mind, there's guys in these bars who weren't even a part of that, who are just drinking, doing their what they did probably every single day. Right. Because they had nothing else to do. Well, so that police officer, he closed down each of these bars one by one. But he did something else. As he closed each bar, as he closed every single one, he would explain why he was shutting it down. And part of his explanation, well, he told everyone that there was a German spy in the city jail. Oh. Okay. As one would imagine, a mass of men decided the jail was the place to be. They arrived behind a man waving the American flag, a lot of them seeing the star-spangled banner. Okay. Imagine just seeing a sea of people encircling the building, city hall basically, the city jail, while singing, and I'm assuming they're belting it out, the star-spangled banner. They're wasted. Yeah. They're no, out of they're their crushed. mind. They're, yeah. they're, they're not even... I mean, I, I mean, they're human beings, but are they at this point? So yeah, these guys are out of their mind. Again, circling an entire building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Ranting and raving about the Star-Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. Well, now I just picture the mayor sitting on the steps going, hmm, of like the city hall or the city jail, whatever. I assume they're all connected, but I should have looked at it more. It's, you know, city I feel like they tend to... Be back so, then, right? but you know, I would think yeah. so. It's not one hundred percent. The building's still there today, okay. so I'm assuming it's it was probably all together, right? But so he probably walks out and says, like, hmm, "Well, 
Hmm. How do I do this? Let's so let's you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try and have a conversation with these men. Hmm. Let's see how this goes. It's gonna go great. He tried to convince them. He tried to use logic. Good call to use against a mass of drunken maniacs. Mm-hmm. He tried to tell him that if Prager was a spy, that the federal government should deal with him. Maybe he would have secrets. Maybe they'd want them. Maybe he, we got to give him to the feds. Those are very good points. If uh, he was a spy. Correct, right? Yeah. I mean, you think like an honest spy, you could get shit out of him. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, all this did was incite the mob and they accused the mayor to be pro-German as well. Oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll flip that okay. up real hard. Oh. Ah! After all, the mayor was, I mean, well, he was, you know, he was ethnically German. The uh, the mayor and the police, oh, no, hold on. Oh, yeah. The mayor and the police knew that the mob wouldn't leave without Prager. So they decided to try and do a thing. They should just reopen the bars. I mean, I don't know why they didn't. I don't know why he closed them to start with. What, like that's that's the most counterintuitive thing I could think you could possibly do. How could you make this worse? Yeah. Give these men nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go home to their family or their wives. No, they're out to get wasted, and you just took that away from them. And I mean, you like, I mean, you got to imagine shit was chucked at the officer when he walked in the door and said it. Oh yeah. And then maybe he even threw the German spy out there to deflect from himself on purpose. He's like, oh, there's yeah. a. They start chucking shit, and he's like, "What? Well, it's because." There's a German spy. Yeah, it's not me. And they're like, what? Yeah. They're like, oh, now we're gonna get him. Okay. Yeah. He's. You mean there's. You mean there's this kraut on American soil, and now I can't drink. Mm-hmm. This is an affront against democracy. I mean, I give them more words. They're probably just like, fuck shit. Yeah. Smash, clank. Yeah. Clank. Gr- bam. Boom. Picture if you guys jump behind the bar and grab like a bottle. You know, you know they're grabbing bottles of whiskey or something to walk around with. There's got to, you know, they're out of their mind. Mm-hmm. They're having fun. Yeah, <laughs> fun. <laughs> well, they were having. Well, I mean, they were having fun. Now, now they're now having, they're having stuff. Now they're literally having a riot. Yeah, it's literally a, oh, riot. It's a riot. Yeah, it's a yeah. riot. Well, like I said, the mayor and the cops knew they wouldn't leave without Prager, so again, they decided to do a thing. They removed Prager from the cell they were keeping him in, and hid him elsewhere in the building. The mayor, John H. Siegel, invited part of the mob inside. And, oh. I mean, he's a he's not a hero in the story. <laughs> uh-huh. In order to show them Prager's cell as proof that he was transferred to East St. Louis. Oh, so they they decided to just say it's already he's gone. This is the story they decided that they were sticking with. Now we transferred him. The cell's empty. Yeah. Well. Like I said, he he welcomed some of these mob members inside of the building. Mm-hmm. Entered Joseph Riegel, 28. Cobbler. Minor. Cobbler? Arm- He's a cobbler. Okay. Yeah. Army veteran. One of the de facto generals of this unruly group of maniacs. Riegel, along with some of these maniacs, were satisfied seeing the empty cell. They're like, oh, okay, he gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I said, some of these maniacs, others didn't buy it. Rumor has it they were not as drunk. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> so like, they're like, wait a minute, that wasn't that long ago, and we didn't see the we didn't see the cart come in or anything. Mm 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 mm. 
they were like, how could Prager have escaped if like the building was trapped within like our wall of humanity? And the mayor's just like, God damn it, shut up, nerd. Get the I should have not closed those goddamn bars. Should have. How can I? And he, but he can't just like. I guess you could make a call. Or he, I don't know why he just walk out and say bars are open. Yeah, all bars open. Even if they're not so free they would, booze. Yeah, so they'd walk out for the next twenty minutes. It's on the house. It's on me. Well, he didn't do that. So he did not what do did that. he do? Well, he didn't do much of anything because the mob overpowered what little police officers were on duty. Hmm. Hint. There was only four. I was going to say four or five. (laughs) Not enough. (laughs) Yeah, not enough. Yeah, right. And the mob kept searching and searching and searching. And well, man, what I say? They're searching. And eventually they found Prager in the basement covered with flooring tile. They just threw a bunch of shit on him to try and hide him. Which, I mean, yeah, do something. What else are they going to do? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Well, with Prager back in the degenerates' clutches, the march was on. Now, Wikipedia had offered a conflicting report, which I feel this goes with the character of the mayor we've kind of been building, mm-hmm. of being just like, he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. So this is funny in like a sad way. It states that the police moved Prager, like the, the officers took him away mm-hmm. without telling Siegel, you know, the mayor. Mm-hmm. And Siegel, thinking that he actually was taken out of the building, let everybody in. Oh, okay. So if that's true, I mean, he's an utter moron. He's like, oh, he's gone. No, I, I swear he's gone. And then, of course, it would transpire to be like, he couldn't, you know, the drunks like, oh, it's fine. And then, no, it's not. Let's, oh, yeah. shit. But regardless of however that happened, Prager was captive once again. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a brief attempt to find tar so they could tar and feather their prisoner. I feel like that was probably a better option than where I feel like this is going. I mean, you can feel it's tingling. Mm-hmm. You can feel the nerve endings start to sizzle yep. a little bit. Well, several men jumped into the car of an auto mechanic and made him drive around to a farm near Monk's Mound, which is part of the Cahokia Indian Mounds. Because mm-hmm. Cahokia, the Indian Mounds, are in the you know jurisdiction of Collinsville. Like, it's that same town. Hmm. It's that same area. Now, that's cool to mention, but we continue. Either the farm wasn't found or the tar wasn't there. Or the tar wasn't found. It wasn't anywhere. It wasn't meant to rhyme, but I kept talking because the men came back with nothing. Yep. So they hijacked this guy. Hey. And he's like, I mean, he didn't have a choice at that point. They just maneuvered him into being their own Uber. Yeah. And he was getting paid nothing. But I'm sure once they jumped in and said, we got to tar the spy. He's like, all right. Yeah. Oh, spy. Yeah, we got it. All okay. Right. Sure. Okay. Sure. So they came back with nothing. So the crowd like waited for a second because they're going to tar him. Yeah. Yeah, well, nope, no tar. So the march continued on again. And then having been defeated, some of the police officers followed the parade. They just joined amongst the group. And uh what they had an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. Your nerves were sizzling, right? Mm-hmm. So were theirs. They were doing their best to make sure that whatever was about to happen would not happen within the city limits. Cool guys. Yeah. 
Uh, they once again covered Prager with the American flag, making him kiss it and join in with their patriotic singing. They beat him, kicked him. Still barefoot, the men would shatter their beer bottles in front of him, forcing him to walk across the broken shards of glass. Huh. Once outside the city limits, Joseph Riegel, again, a ringleader, uh-huh. cobbler, miner, army yep. veteran, yep. had found a rope inside of someone's car. They stripped Prager naked and fastened the rope around his neck. Then they badgered him for 20 minutes about his treachery trying to uncover as much about his subterfuge as possible. Now, Robert's a proud American. Uh-huh. He denied everything. Joseph Riegel would say later that, quote, someone tied the rope around his neck. Someone. Yeah. yeah not, not right, Riegel. Was it not Joseph? It was me. Someone tied the rope. Someone tied that rope around his neck. And a lot of boys from 12 to 16 years old Pulled him up. End quote. I mean, that's... Other accounts say Riegel was the one to put the noose around his neck, and then he tried to pull it up himself. And when he couldn't do it, he basically called everybody pussies until they joined in. So he's up there like... Yeah. And they're just watching. Who the hell you think you are? You signing with the Germans? Uh And they're like, no. Damn right you're not. Okay. Yeah. Now everybody can pull this with me. And if we keep those stories together, was he badgering 12 and 16 year olds to help him do what he's about to do? (laughs) Cool. Real cool. Yeah. Regardless of how it began, what is for certain is that they hoisted him up. But they made a critical mistake. He soared like an eagle. (laughs) 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 They did not tie his hands. Using all of his strength, Robert wrestled his fingers around the rope and prevented his asphyxiation. He was a fighter and was going to make sure that they knew that he was going to fight. Uh Well, that wasn't working. The mob lowered him to the ground. They asked him if there was anything he wanted before they strung him up again. So they gave him like a little pause here. Yeah. Because they... Didn't know what the fuck they were doing. He's like, can you not Can you not hang me again? Can I ask for that? Well, under his own will, Prager asked to kiss an American flag. He was allowed to write a short note for his family back home in Germany. It ended up in Regal's hands. The mob, having been given a second chance at an interrogation, begged for Prager to reveal his co-conspirators. Unable to do so, and choosing not to say anything else, a person in the crowd shouted, quote, Well, if he won't tell, string him up! <laughs> End quote. Breaking his previous moment of silence, Robert Preger said, and we've got some direct quotes here, All right, boys, go ahead and kill me, but wrap me in the flag when you bury me. Hmm. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot. To, that's that's huh. what is going on? Yeah. You know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They tied his hands with a handkerchief. He ascended once again into the sky. The back end of the rope had now been tied to a telephone pole. So instead of so kind of 
picture this horrific setting right now. Mm-hmm. Strung over a tree. He's got it around his neck, but the end is stuck. Like he was like, nobody's holding it now. Yep. Because they probably got too fucking tired, and they're you know like, maybe this is maybe this is something. I'm gonna go on a limb here. Maybe this is something you shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. So that's the situation. Okay. All right. Instead of letting Robert hang, dropping him, and letting him suffocate to death, the crowd devised a different method. Oh. They were going to pull it back, raising him up, and letting him go, forcing him to fall quickly. With one end tied to the telephone pole, when he ran out of rope, he would jerk suddenly. Oh, Oh, I think I know where this is going. They were going to try and snap his neck, lifting him and dropping him three times. Hmm. As they began this process, a gleeful onlooker within the group decided to add some impromptu narration to what was happening. Hmm. They raise Robert up. Mm-hmm. They drop him once. Keep in mind, this is this is going to happen three times. Mm-hmm. This is what this man yells from the crowd. One for the red. One for the white. Mm-hmm. One for the blue. Robert Prager died at 12.30 a.m. Hmm. Collinsville is world-renowned for its horseradish festival and its water tower that is shaped like an oversized catsup bottle. <laughs> but the murder of Robert Prager is often left to the dustbin of history. Hmm. The letter he had written for his family was in German, but translates, Dear parents, Karl Heinrich Prager, Dresden, Germany. I must die on April 4th, 1918. Please pray for me, my dear parents. This is my last letter and testament. Your dear son and brother, Robert Paul Prager. His body hung for 30 minutes before it was cut down. Huh. Oh, maybe I was right. Because I wanted to mention that he died at midnight. So he may have died at midnight and hung for a half hour, and then he was cut down okay. at 12.30 a.m. Now, do you want to come down for that for a second? Yeah, that was fucking depressing, man. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, no, Real bad. Rough. Yeah. Real bad. I dug into a thing about the seven gates of hell. Mm-hmm. And well, so we're going to do, do a little epilogue. It's right. cool us down a little bit. Yeah. It might not make things better, and it probably will make things worse. Cool. All right. Joseph Riggle had brought the letter to the local paper, where it was published for the world to see. He bragged to the paper about his role in Prager's death. About the letter that he said? Jeez. Ah, yep. Joseph Riggle, who was also, by the way, Riggle, he was also German, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this known murderer had this to say about the man he murdered. He had some good quotes. Quote, Brother, that was the bravest guy I ever saw in my life. He never shed a tear, except when he kissed the flag and did not once beg for mercy or ask us to turn him loose. I mean, man, I I don't know what to do with this. What do I do with this? I don't know. What is happening? (laughs) What is happening? I have no idea. Upon viewing his body the day after his murder, one resident had said that if you looked at his neck, you could see that it showed in red, white, and blue. Hmm. U.S. Senator 
uh, Lawrence Y. Sherman called Collinsville and East St. Louis the Sodom and Gomorrah of Illinois. <laughs> he also called Prager's brutalizers a drunken mob masquerading as patriots. Yeah, that sounds right. Got one hero right now. Because yeah. the rest of the st- state is like, what just happened down here? Yeah. What were, we, what were you guys doing? The, El- the mayor closed the bars. Alcohol. Alcohol yeah. is what they were doing. The mayor closed the bars, so... We had to find something to do. And we, I mean, we just, he was there and during the trial over his murder, it only took the jury 45 minutes to find the 11 defendants. I mean, you know, already before I say it, not guilty. This included Joseph Riegel, who, although previously bragging and confessing to his involvement in the killing, had a change of heart and denied everything. Oh, hey, Rocky Joe. Yeah, look at that. Whoops. What happened there? What a twist. What happened there? From that same Medium.com article uh, written by John J. Dunphy titled The Lynching of Robert Prager, a World War I Hate Crime, their defense attorney, uh, this is, this is, all these quotes are from the attorney, but also just I took a section of that article, mm-hmm. blatantly stated that the war had developed a new unwritten rule that gave patriots, such as the 11 defendants, the right to murder those deemed disloyal to the United States. And a threat to national security. Oh, bold move, man. Yeah, bold. Bold move, man. Very bold. From a, uh, this was a uh, Illinois State Museum uh, article, museum.state.il.us page. This one was called, Dance or Be Hanged, the Prager Case. Quote, the defense attorney pleaded this, when I read this, I didn't know what to do with this term. Okay. But he used it during the trial. He said the attorney pleaded, Patriotic murder. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy that. I don't think so. Nope. Huge negative. Not gonna think that. I don't wanna buy that either. Nope. Arguing that as a German spy, Prager was not, quote, within the peace of the people, and since the officers of the law were not doing their duty, the people became the law. I mean no. Mm. Eh. Well, eh, no. Eh. Nope. Nope. No, that sounds like it was an unruly mob. And yeah, they just pulled somebody from a jail cell and decided to go and do a thing. Yeah, it sounded like they, the police had the right mindset in the beginning. They put uh, him in there to protect him Yep. as a citizen. Yep. And um, then they stopped. Maybe you shouldn't have closed the bars. Yeah. Maybe you should just left them alone and let them pass out. It'd be like nowadays, it's like, Internet and bars are closed. Right. Yes. Figure it out. Yes. It'd be like, wait, good what? luck. And I mean, it was this night is over at twelve thirty a.m. Oh yeah, nothing. So like, this isn't late. The, the bars were shut down super like just after ten o'clock. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also have to think. I think times are a little different back then. Everybody's rising a little bit earlier. Sure. Oh, they've been drinking probably since three o'clock in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. They're they're out of their minds. They've been drinking all day. It's, it's safer to drink the beer than the water. <laughs> they, no, maybe not. Well, <laughs> maybe not at that point. But but you don't think they were drinking on the job? No, you know they were. They had yeah. flasks. They were, were probably just bottles. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. <laughs> they were uh, up to no good. Up to no good. Right. I mean, what else? I mean, words escape me. Just, yeah. This is a what. Yeah. What? Well, you know, 
Before the trial began, there was a Navy band outside. What were they playing? You know, because they can't get the song out of their fucking heads. Just the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, it's a Just, good song. It wasn't even the national anthem yet. It wasn't at that point? Nope, not yet. The, the unofficial national anthem is now the vice president's theme song. I shouldn't call it a theme song, but I'm going to. The vice to. president's got a theme song? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't he know has that. A, an anthem? Yeah. Um, when I say it, you'll know why I know. It's called Hail to Columbia. Hmm. That, was yeah. our, that, was our, that was our national anthem until the Star Spangled Banner, Banner decided it was time to be the official one. Right. It, of course, existed. Yeah. But. Yeah, then they decided to be the vice president's anthem, and now no one barely hears it. <laughs> Who listens? I mean, yeah, it's got lyrics and stuff too. It's a whole thing. It's the vice president's entrance song. Yes, it shows up for the rumble. Yeah. Oh, the VP is here. The VP. Yeah. The leader of the Senate. They, the but, tag team group, the Senate. Oh God, they'd be a great stable because you'd have the the minority whip and the <laughs> oh, uh-huh. uh huh, Speaker of the House. No Senate. There's no no uh, Senate pro tem. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my God. But I just envision like the glass breaking as a VP walks out, psh, and then it goes ba 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 because that's kind of how it sounds. Da 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 da. And he's just like, fuck yeah, da 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 da. Just ripping off clothes as he walks out. He's just got he's got this the, the vice president's seal tattooed in his chest, but only on one peck. So if he becomes president, he's got the other one. He's gonna load it up. I figure you can touch that shit up. It look, probably looks close enough. I think it looks close enough. Close enough. Touch yeah, it you, up. You can fix it up. Yeah, do. Well, that was a nice reprieve because when they were acquitted, the courtroom burst into raucous congratulatory applause. The defendants posed for a victory photo holding flags outside of the courthouse. Hmm. After the trial, a farmer said, quote, well, I guess nobody can say we're not loyal now. Huh. <laughs> 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 hey, do you know, uh, and this was a cool little thing, cool little ditty. You know how, like, it's not cool to say the press is the enemy of the people? Like, it's like it's not good to say that? It's not good to say that, because we want the press on our side. But, would you like to hear a sentence from a Washington Post article of this period? Hmm. I mean, your answer's probably, I mean, no, you don't want to hear it. Like, yeah, you don't want it in your but head. but I do. Quote, enemy propaganda must be stopped, even if a few lynchings may occur. Hmm. Bold, bold opinion, Washington Post. Yeah, that's pretty. Very bold. Pretty. uh little heavy there, huh? Mm-hmm. little heavy-handed there, huh? A little much? Even if we let just a few people die. Well, Prager was wrapped in an American flag for his burial, as requested. Mm-hmm. His uh, tombstone was in a different cemetery, and then he was part of a, um, he was part of a group a club. There's a lot of clubs back then, and uh, it was like a certain order. So in 2006, they relocated his tombstone, and you know his you know name, birth, birth date, his um, his final date, uh-huh. and in in uh, the caption just says victim of a mob. 
Huh. Uh-huh. The, uh, the tree that was used to kill him was cut down in 1962 because it was generating bad press. Because, you know, I mean, right? Why? 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 What happened to this tree? Why would this be a problem? Huh. As of now, um, there was an article with a local historian, and as of now, if you ask town locals, they, uh, they still believe that Prager was a spy and got what he deserved. Huh. Robert Prager was the only German national to be murdered during the war, but many Germans were tarred and feathered. It was very common. Well, tar and feathering's a lot different than uh Yeah, than the whole uh getting lynched twice. Yeah. Not good. No. Not good. No. It's slightly different. It's not gonna feel great. No. But you're gonna make it. Yeah. Hopefully. Yep. I mean I s I mean I'm assuming tar tarring and feathering I'm assuming did kill people because it's hot tar. They might get you. I don't think it's hot tar. No. It's just normal tar. I thought it was hot tar, and it's just thrown in your body, and then you whip feathers I feel like if you're dropping molten tar on people, they're going to drop a lot quicker. You'd think. I think it's mostly a humiliation thing. Right. How does it, does the tar just stick then? Yeah, it's sticky as fuck. Because I've heard some stories where some people were burned, but then again, you know what I don't do in my free time? Tar and feather people? <laughs> well, or look it up. <laughs> well, we, I, well, we could get there. We could, we, I feel like now, we, now it's warranted. I've cracked the tar and feathering gateway open. Huh. But... Uh, communities that once spoke German as their first languages quickly refocused their attention on English. Again, I wonder why. German stopped being taught in schools. Ethnic German names were changed to names sounding more English, huh. more, more American. And Congress yeah. passed the, uh, what do you know about the Espionage Act and the Sedition Acts? How do you feel about those? They're not very great. I mean, I don't know anything about them, to I'm be honest. I'm just going to so. read your quote. Congress passed the Sedition Act. In May 1918, which forbade the use of, quote, disloyal, profane, scurrilous, or abusive language about the United States government, its flag, or its armed forces, or that caused others to view the American government in contempt. This was an act they passed. It also applied to the Postmaster General delivering seditious mail, and if convicted... Is this still any violation? No, it got removed. Oh, thank God. It got removed in nineteen twenty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa. What well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're never on here ranting about the CIA. We never do that. No, never. Not once. Yeah, it was uh they passed it a month after Robert Prager's murder, but again it was repealed in nineteen twenty. With a lot of other post war acts. But interesting, the war was over in nineteen was it nineteen nineteen? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. So I mean they I'm not going to say they got to it as soon as they could, because maybe you don't... I mean, what's... Come on. That reminds me of, like, Patriot Act shit. Yeah. Where it's like, it's an emergency. Nothing matters. Wait, what? No. No. It kind of does still. Yeah, it should we got, still. We got, we got some of those bills of rights that are kind of important. There's one. There's number one. It's kind of a, kind of a big deal. Yeah, we're supposed to be uh, civil. Uh-huh. Yeah. Civilized country. You think so, right? Yeah, you think so. You think so. Now... Shifting gears slightly, as far as the gates of hell go. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Back at what I really uh, wanted to talk about. That's that's all I... Well, gates three and four have, within the last ten years, been blocked off by concrete and piles of rocks. It is impossible to drive through all of the gates now. Uh, that's a bummer. Uh, but if your pursuit is on foot, planning the walk to make sure you cross the final gate at midnight, you can still pass through them all. Interesting. 
or squeeze in an animal sacrifice or two and maybe get dragged to the underworld by savage hellhounds. Yeah. I mean, that's your ultimate goal of doing this, right? Right. That would be the, that, I mean, that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. I think if I went to do it, I'd be like, this is going to be bullshit. And then I'd be like, oh, well, here we go. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, all right. No, I hear that they're coming. I, oh, I messed up. Can I reverse this real quick? No. Yeah. Oh, did I mention it? I didn't mention this in here, but it, I could have. If you walk through them backwards, it opens up like a, a window to hell. And you can just look at hell. So oh. maybe we should do that. Well, let's do that. <laughs> Why does anybody do it the other way? Thinking about being ripped apart, maybe be like, oh, well, wasn't there a thing I... Re- oh, okay, okay. Let's yeah. um, just take a little peek. And as far as the alleged KKK lynching goes, that one was completely made up. I read that it was like a social experiment some guy did just to see how far the story would spread. Good. The origin of the lie has been said to be pretty proud of himself. So the KKK is made up. Uh, well, that lynching is the whole. I, that, I wish that, they all. I mean, were. I mean, that'd be a nice thing to wipe from history, just to yeah. un, like undo everything they did and get rid of that. Yeah, they're bad guys. But um, and well, not the fun bad guys like I like. No, it's not. They're co- just bad. It's guys. not Cobra. Yeah, no. He. Co- they're not plastering their face in the moon. No, they're being horrible. Yeah. Oh, um, since we're mentioning the KKK. Um, and just severely depressing, awful shit. A year before um, Robert was murdered, mm-hmm. there was the race riots of East St. Louis, and a huh. uh, hundred people were lynched a year before. Fuck. A year before Robert was um, lynched, That's and that was that was of course race based because, of course, it was. Mm-hmm. Good job, everybody. I mean, I can't get over it. But and I've read other stories that are you know people breaking in to pull black people out of jails just like Robert was like people just ransacked jails took who they wanted and then strung them up. It happened a lot. I don't. I mean, police departments useless or encouraging to be honest. You know what I mean? Depending on the situation. Yeah, depending. Right for sure. But I'm thinking. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if this fucking liar who made up this story, you know, was kind of influenced by the real life torture. You know, of Robert lynching in the area. Huh. And I mean, if the, you know, in just a few towns over, a year, hundred year, I mean, a hundred years, a year before Robert's thing, there was all that absolute madness going on. Yeah. But I mean, why would you even make up some kind of fucking lie like that? Because hearing about the real life butchering of Robert Prager shows that we don't need to pass through seven gates. To unleash hell on earth. All we have to do is stoke the flames of blind loyalty and nationalism. And the breaking of the human heart is all the gateway we need. It's a bummer, dude. It is a bummer. That was a bummer. That's a bummer. It's not good. No. I was talking about the gates of hell. And then I came across this and it kept going. That's really exciting. Yeah, I know. That's all there was. And then I got sad. I Very sad. Yeah. It's a letdown. It's not good. Yeah. This has been settling with me for a few days, and I just I just hear like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. All the things. The things they would yell as they were doing it to him. Calm down, everybody. Yeah. You know what's cool, though? Nothing like this is happening today. Nothing, nothing similar is being stoked. This isn't a direction we might be headed in. 
Yeah. Uh, it's fine. Fuck, man. Fuck. Yeah. Why can't everybody just get their heads out of their asses? I don't know. Just be human beings and talk about the Kraken. Yeah. Come on. Talk about the Kraken. Yes. Find something else to do. You still have the internet. Use it for good. Yeah. Use it for good. Or... We're using it for good right now. Or dumb stuff. Just not evil. Look at memes. Yeah. You want to know about aliens? Look them up. Want yeah. to know about Area 51? Do you want to know how to Naruto run past all the <laughs> Area 51 guards? Look that up on the internet. They won't be able to touch you. Yeah. You'll Just Naruto your- run. <laughs> God, that visual is so insane. <laughs> it's out of control. Yeah. It's out of control. <laughs> I just want to be from like a soldier's point of view. When he see, he see, if this happens and he sees like, oh, no. And he can't touch them with his bullets. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's like, dude, 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 like, I can't. They're, is they're there unstoppable. Force, is there a force field? There's thousands of them, and they're all doing it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I know. It's a lot to deal with. <laughs> it's a lot to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. Practice yeah. our Naruto well, yeah, running. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's, that's hard, what that, we're getting That's at. hard to do. Yep. <laughs> yeah, find, a, find a bunch of people in your community, form a group, tuck your head down, spread your arms out, and they're going to run down your main street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do that. Just practice that a few times. That's a fun thing to do. It could be. Yeah. Do a fun thing to do. And you know what's cool? Welcome lots of people to help you out. We're all Americans. Area 51 is all of ours. We're all in this together, baby. Yeah. We're all in this together. Practice your Naruto runs so many times. <laughs> get all your friends to do it. Yeah. Just gets better for everyone. There's got to be an app to like track your progress, how good you're doing. Yeah, it's like one of those workout apps or whatever. Yeah. You know. How's your Naruto run going? Oh, you did it this fast today? Oh, you did it 0.1 second faster the next day. Tomor- Just keep it going. Tomorrow, try and dip your head down a little bit lower. Yeah. Arch your back a little bit more. Is it because when you throw keep- your arms back further? Oh, my God. Is the reason why they won't be able to be shot is because when you, when you do that pose, you basically turn yourself into the shape of a stealth bomber? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. Right? Yeah. That's... You're a stealth bomber with legs, baby. Yeah, they can't even see you. Mm-mm. They're like, where's everybody? Oh, no, they took the aliens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and we're going to wrap up on that. <laughs> All right, yeah, if you uh, have any spooky or crazy stories you would like us to talk about or anything, any favorite monster, anything, you know. Weird. Weird, because I... Whatever is discussed next week will be way more jovial than what happened here tonight. Yeah, that was but, rough. But it's something I fell into that I do feel we should know about it. And, I mean, we've talked about gruesome murders before. And it's like, man, it's just not good. Yeah, it's bad. Black it's, mark on our history. Yeah, it's a tragedy. It's a l- literal tragedy. Well, we tried to get out of the sadness, but it came back and hit me in the face. Well, but, um, yeah, Weird and Feared Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to tell me anything cool, tell me and Zach anything cool, any creepy stuff. Yeah, tell us um, cool stuff. Um, Instagram at the Weird and Feared. Look at illustrations that I post for our beloved show. I try and draw. Um, 
I'm I'm still gonna call out my. How'd you feel my Photoshop of Gabriel? Was that funny? Was that cool? Oh, I liked it. Okay, good. I thought it was good. <laughs> I put a trumpet in his hand. Yeah, that's fine. It's, Here, the brass hide your ass. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah. The uh, like we said, we don't want this thing to be ad focused. So Patreon, baby. Find us on there at Weird and Feared. Yeah, we're there. Check it out. Help us get some books and stuff. And uh, and I will still mention, if you want to have your voice on the show, or if you don't, you don't have to, but if you want to send us like a phone-in, if you want to get the little the cute little Anchor app that you can get wherever you do your apps, you can send us a voice message. And I mean, that'd be pretty incredible. Yeah. And we're going to hoard stuff, hoard viewer stuff, and have a viewer episode one time. Yeah, we really want to have great. a viewer episode one time. Or yeah. listener episode. It's the mean, correct term. Right. I believe. But if you're looking at... The pod, the podcast play is you're not a viewer, you're still a listener. Yeah, you're probably not watching you're, that you're, anyway. You're so. still a listener. Yeah. All right, but yeah, above all, above all else, stay spooky. When you hear the brass, hide your ass. Stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>